Hello, sports fans. This is Sellout Sports. I am Tori Rich, joined by Mike Mawson and my kid brother, Jake Rich, joining us for his second show. So I have the all-time, I have the all-time record for shows on Sellout Sports because I, I beat Mawson by one. Um, but yeah, you got a yeah, you got a one game lead on me. But but Jake ne- is now alone in third place. Yeah. Um. So, <laughs> Jake, welcome Don't back to the show. Back. <laughs> and and we have fixed our <laughs> audio issues. And uh, yeah, so Jake is back to talk to talk NBA. Obviously, we had a, a huge NBA trade that, and so we are actually going to lead the show with that because it's. I mean, basketball is right around the corner too, man. Yeah, exa- exactly, and uh, and I probably won't watch until December, but but I will come back and talk about it like I know what's going on because that's just my personality. It's just who I am as a person. So, um, but we got the trade. We got some baseball stuff. There's there's a little bit of drama percolating, you know, around you know, I mean, the Ronald Acuna thing. There's uh, we got a got a Kurt Schilling story, which I don't even want to give the guy attention, but I feel like we have to. We'll, we'll keep the focus on on Tim Wakefield, but and then um, yeah, and we uh, will t- briefly touch on we, we you know we got one big NFL game that that stood out to us and and one big college football game that stood out to us and uh, and we're gonna get out of here, but uh, anyway, so we have a huge trade in the NBA. Damian Lillard is headed to the Bucks, um, so to the Suns. Mawson, help me out. Hang on. Three-team trade, yeah. Bucks, Suns, and Blazers, obviously. So, um, I, I mean, I thought everyone won the trade, personally. You know, the, the Bucks just get Damian Lillard, which is, it sounds bad to say just because of the player that he is. Um, you know, the Blazers, they got some, they got some guys back. Uh, obviously, Dame didn't go to the Heat, but they get, you know, an all-star talent in uh, DeAndre Ayton, who... Is still young. He's younger than I am, which is crazy. I thought he was, you know, you've heard about him for seven, eight years now between Arizona and yeah. the Suns. Everybody comes out after their freshman year now. Right, right. right. He's only 25 years old, which is crazy. Um, under contract for a few more years. Uh, and then the Suns get some, like, role players, which they desperately needed. Uh, so, so it's an interesting trade. Is that fair? Like, I mean, is Nurkic quote unquote a role player? I mean, he's like a. I mean, he's like no. He's he's he'll start for them, but I mean, he's going to be what the fourth or fifth option on that team. Yeah. Well, I don't know. Like, I, I guess just like define role player. If you're not on your team's big three, are you a role player? I thought like for me, role player is like coming off the bench. But I. Uh, yeah, I mean semantics, right? Yeah, I guess I stretch it a little bit. Um, he's he's probably more valuable than a role a traditional role player in that sense, but um. He's a guy that'll that can get you like eighteen and nine, which is not necessarily oh, a role yeah, player. Yeah, and on the Suns, he's not going to get you eighteen. He'll get you like twelve to fourteen, and that'll be great. Yeah, but he'll actually, you know, play defense, efficient. Uh, he uh, can shoot. Yeah, can rebound and block. Yeah, you know. So somebody that I think that's the biggest key with him being uh, traded to the Suns is obviously they fired Monty Williams and brought in Frank Vogel. He has a bigger, or he's more of a defensive identity, um, and that's. That's the difference between Aiton and him. So, so you're saying this is a this is a, a Vogel, uh, it's a Vogel move, but like that that that's that it actually made sense for the Suns. Yeah, I think um, like it was a perfect move for them, especially now that they have Frank Vogel as the head coach. So, it, like I, 
I don't know. So, Mawson, like, I mean, if you if you were going to grade it or like, I mean, how did everybody do in this? Uh, okay, grade. I, I'm giving the Blazers probably like an A minus. Okay. I'm giving the Bucks an A because Giannis has been, you know, putting it out there like, hey, I want to win. I want to continue winning. I'm not going to stay loyal just to stay loyal. Like Giannis is, you know, when you think of loyalty, you think of somebody like Giannis, you th- which is funny because you thought about Dame up until everything that happened the last few months. Yeah. Um, yeah, I give the Bucks an A. I give the Suns, I give the Suns an A. Honestly, I mean, they wanted to get rid of Aiden. They they only resigned him because he was an asset. They got Yerkich. Uh, yeah, and then they got Grayson Allen, who like don't sleep on Grayson Allen either because he. He, uh, he is a depth piece. He's like a glue guy that can play defense and, you know, can play his role. Like the the Bucks were, I'm sure, were not happy getting rid of him. And I, and I forgot to mention Drew Holiday, another, another like 3 and D guy going to the Blazers. He's not going to stay on the Blazers. They're going to trade him. But so this, the Blazers trade isn't even complete yet because what? like they're, they're trying to get a, they're trying to get a first rounder and a guy on a rookie scale, I heard Woj say. I don't think they'll get that for Drew. I think they can get one or the other. Why? Why is it a given that they're going to trade Holiday? Uh, is it? Is it they're going to trade him out for picks for, for yeah, something they, like that? Yeah, exactly. They, are they both too small? It would be too much of a defensive liability to have him and Henderson on the court at the same time. Yeah, they're matter? they're they're still guard heavy at this time. Okay, and, and I I, mean, I don't think they're going to try to flip him for like a veteran big or anything like that. But they want to, you know, they don't want to take the ball out of Scoot's hands. And they, you know, they want to let him develop like throughout a full year, I think is, is there. So, so even though they have Scoot, do they basically, are they going to try and stay at the bottom? They for also one have pick? Sharp too. Yeah. So they have two like smaller guards that love to shoot the ball. And so you don't need Drew. Not that Drew clogs up many shots necessarily, but he wants, you know, he's going to take 12, 14 shots a game so, himself. So, you know, we're talking about, obviously, for the Bucks and the Suns, it's win-now time, though. So my question is, because in the NBA, you don't want to be in the middle. You don't want to be, no, the eight, you don't want to be the eight seed. So are the, Blazers, are the Blazers still trying to stay towards the bottom for one more year? Is that kind of the approach? Is I that, think so. Yeah, okay. Because, I mean, yeah, Scoot can develop, he can play, but he's, but he's not going to win you games yet, is what you're saying. He's not, he's not I, that kind of talent. I don't think so. Yeah, I mean, you, I think you said, uh, what, you said he was the be- second best player in the draft. Yeah, right? like, yeah, he, I, yeah. I don't know how he went third. I I, I think he should have went two, but you know. Um, Jake, any thoughts on that? Yeah, I agree with Mawson. I think Drew Holiday is definitely not going to be with the Blazers for very long, and I'm really interested to see a diehard Celtics fan if they're going to go after him. He's essentially an upgraded Marcus Smart. Yes, sir. And when the Brogdon part of the Porzingis trade fell through, if they could find a way to get Drew Holiday and have Porzingis, that would be incredible. Um, basically what they were trying to do in the beginning. And I think it puts them close to even with uh, Milwaukee again, especially since he's coming from Milwaukee. So Jake, uh, so what, we're, what do you we're think? saying Celtics are a potential target yeah, they, for Yeah, they are. They are. They've, they've expressed interest already. Uh, what do you think the Celtics would have to give up? Is it like, do you think it's Pritchard in a first? I, that probably doesn't work numbers wise, but like talent wise, is that what you think it would be? Yeah, I imagine... I mean, I, I feel like Brogdon would definitely be involved. Um, I know Pritchard wants out, or maybe not wants out, but was very unhappy with his playing time the last couple of years, and he played at Oregon, I believe, right? Yeah, he did. So That's it kind of all makes sense if he ended up in Portland, and it's the perfect place for him to kind of go because that team, like Tori said, 
they're not going to be middle of the pack, top of, sorry, a top team in the in the Western Conference. Um, they're not going to be able to compete with the Suns, um, Denver, or even the Lakers, for example. So it's a perfect spot for him to kind of develop as a player. So I want to circle back to the the whole Aiton thing. Is the Suns the Suns traded him for a reason, as you said, they didn't want him, and so I I don't know how I feel about bringing him in to the Blazers. I mean, like, like isn't Scoot like Scoot Henderson, Aiton, like you said? Uh, sorry, the other guard who was the other one you said, uh, Sharp and Sharp. Isn't that enough for them to be maybe the eight seed in the West? And again, you don't really you don't really want to be there in in that position, right? But is there a chance they would flip Aiton? Because I don't know, like you like you said, he's young and maybe he'll mature. But so far, he's been very soft. Yeah, but and, what like but, mentally soft? And I get what you're saying, but what you're describing is exactly that. Like you're fighting for a play-in spot, which is where you don't want to be. Yeah. Like if you're flipping Aiton for I don't know, name your veteran center, right? Like I don't. That's not where you want to be. I mean, I'm no. I mean, like would they flip him for for picks or something? But how many teams can actually make that work cap wise? Because he's like, he's not a max player, but he's like 20, 30, 20 million. Something 30, like 32. Oh. <laughs> But I mean, there's there's trade exceptions in the association. There's all kinds of ways that you can bend it. Um, God, these guys are making so much. I, well, I don't, the, the don't want to like root Pacers, against it. So like, the Suns didn't sign him for it. Well, they matched it. But the the Pacers originally signed him, and he was a restricted free agent. And there was a whole like do to do about whether he was gonna the Suns were gonna match or not. And legitimately, yeah, the yeah. only reason they did is because they're like this guy is what twenty three, twenty four at the time, and he's good at basketball. So why are we going to let him walk for nothing? And it was kind of like a toxic environment. I feel like the whole year that he was around, he didn't he didn't want to be in Phoenix, and the, he, the you know the Suns organization didn't want him either. I I don't know, man. It's just like I haven't. I mean, he he basically quit on the team in the playoffs, and he was and so like yeah, I, not great. Well, the thing is, man, and that's the thing is he he played in college. He played at a big school, like he was Arizona, right? Yeah, where he was getting paid there then, too. Uh, yeah, yeah, no, yeah, no kidding. So. You know, between that, he's been in the NBA long enough that I feel like he should have matured past what happened in the playoffs. And so it's just like, I mean, culture still matters in the NBA. The, the Heat proved that this year, right? So I don't know. I just, I don't know. So I, I, I feel like the Blazers uh, lost on this trade, and maybe they were no matter what they were going to lose on this trade. I mean, they got an asset, but I feel like Aiton's an asset, not somebody you want in your lineup. I don't, I don't want him on the court for my team. But we got to go back to. Damian Lillard being on the Bucks now, like that's crazy. Of course, him and, okay. him and Giannis. I mean, so the Bucks were one of the worst pick and roll teams in the league. Like that's where they got exposed. They they just weren't efficient at that because they didn't have a guy who could create on his own with Giannis. Um, now they have one of the best pick and roll guys in the league. Like I I saw a stat earlier. Uh, Dame was second in pick and roll situations. So Middle, like Middleton's per, more like a catch and shoot. He guy, is. Like, yeah. Okay. Yeah. He, he can kind of create in the mid range a little bit, but if you're if that's what you're asking him to do, it's not going to be his strength. Gotcha. Um, so, guys, who's I think the biggest thing too with having Damian Lillard um, is they have a closer now. They have someone who has exactly. same clutch, has hit insane shots. Um, I mean, his his Half blood is clearly made of ice, and uh, yeah, exactly. I mean, Paul George is one of the best defenders in the league, and it didn't matter because he's thirty feet away from the rim. And that was my screensaver that, for years. I think, his ability, <laughs> I think his ability to, um, unlike Drew Holiday, Drew Holiday could shoot the three a little bit, but Lillard pretty much has unlimited range. And with Giannis's ability to attack the rim, uh, especially with the floor more space, they're going to be a very scary team. 
So I want to I want to also come back to because we haven't even talked about the draft picks. There's the there's the pick swaps because Giannis is getting older. Uh, Lillard already is old, and so like they're they're. Right. I mean, do I think it's a bad move? No, like I don't think they gave up a ton to get him, but those picks could end up being quite valuable if if Lillard does fall off a cliff. Right? Yeah, I mean the first pick is in twenty nine, so that's what six years away right now. Or twenty eight, right? Or twenty eight's the first pick swap. You're right. Twenty eight and thirty are pick swaps because you can't you can't trade your pick back to back years. First round pick. Oh right, right, right. Um, so twenty nine is the the first round pick unprotected, and then they have the ability to swap in twenty eight and thirty. So in twenty eight. Giannis is going to be 33. He's probably not going to be the same Giannis just because of how much he does rely on his athleticism. Uh, he'll still be a great player, but I don't think he'll be as dominant as he is right now. And Lillard will be 38. And there's 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 totally a, a scenario that could play out where it could be like a Celtics Nets, you know, Paul right. Pierce, Kevin Garnett trade. Well, like, and it could be like a Bucks win, and then and then yeah, he retires. Yeah, it's almost then, like, like 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 are the Bucks like to cross you know cross sport reference here are the bucks doing what the rams did you know are they just yeah, are they going in. all in yeah um and, you know i gotta say like I, you know i i like it from Giannis as much as i've railed against the the player empowerment era and everything like that um you know a good for lillard he's going somewhere he's really i mean it's good for the nba right we're gonna get to see lillard in in high leverage games right like the, we're gonna get to see him in a in a, a chance to win like again. him in the playoffs is electric like like Jake just mentioned, the Paul George, like that's an electric moment. Like that's playoff basketball right there. Yeah. And there's no way he, I mean, he's, I know he's old, but he, like for at least for one more year, he's going to be in the best shape of his life tr trying to win one. No, he he's always working out. He's, you know, I, I'm, I'm a Damian Lillard fan. He's, he's boxing in the off season. Like he's keeping, keeping in shape. And then, and, and I like it from Giannis too, because he's already gotten his money and he, and he's like, I'll stay in Milwaukee, but it, but it was about winning. It wasn't about getting paid. It's, it was about it was about winning. That's that's what he that he gave the the Bucks that ultimatum. So like I, I'm I'm okay with that. You know what I mean? Like I, I I don't want it to be a and especially because he's he was forcing his hand with a small market team. I also give the Bucks credit because they understood. Hey, we can't like we we do have to keep Giannis happy. We do have to as a small market team. This is what we have to do to so, compete. So so what do you think about that? The GM coming out and uh, Woj reported I think today maybe yesterday, that they didn't even ask Giannis about this trade. It's interesting because you hear that, like, okay, like, you know, they traded for uh, Trey Lance on the Cowboys, right? It's like, oh, they, they probably should have at least, like, not run it by Dak, but probably should have mentioned it to him, right? But but in that, like Woj said that they, they didn't talk to him for a reason because they didn't want to put him in the position to, to make it awkward right, with, right. with Drew Holiday. Like, yeah, like they, yeah they want a title together. and Yeah, yeah. Um, and so, I mean, that does suck. You know, Holiday was like, I want to be a buck for life. Well, he knew it was coming, right? Like, that's why, I, that, that's my read on it. Because it came out the day before. Like, his quotes were the day before. Like, I want to retire. I'm not retiring, but I want to retire a buck. Yeah. I think I think he knew. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Um, but yeah, so, I, I mean, I guess that's... Oh, we had a few more notes on here, right? So, let's, uh, th this is a note from you, Moss. So you said, uh, Terry Stotts is... Um, yeah, I just don't think it's being talked enough about. So Dame uh, started with the Blazers in 2012. That's Terry Stott's first year as the head coach, and he was the coach all the way up until 21. Um, I'm not sure if they've had a coach in between him and Chauncey. They may have. I'm drawing a blank here. But, I mean, that familiarity for nine years as the head coach, now he's the assistant with the Bucks. I mean, 
I think uh, they'll know how to use him. Uh, I mean, Dame can kind of create his own, so you don't really need a lot of scheming, but uh, having familiarity isn't a bad thing. Will they lose anything defensively from from um, Drew from Drew to Dame? Yeah, they yeah. will, and and Grayson Allen as well. But but they have they have guys. They have Jay Crowder. Brooke Lopez is a good guy. You know, protecting the rim. They still have well, they have both Lopez's now. Um, so they got they got guys that can defend. Wait, so there's three Antetokounmpo brothers and <laughs> and and two Lopez. Yeah, it's brothers? just the the uh, organization of brothers, I guess. All right. Um, so. The biggest question here is who's now the favorite in the East and the NBA? I don't want to overreact, but I think think it's them. Go ahead, Jake. Definitely the Bucs. Fair enough. I agree. They they still have depth. It's not like they traded everything. Yes, they traded some pieces, but you have to to get a superstar player. And they didn't, like, the cupboard's not bare, like I just said. Like, Jay Crowder's a good role player. Like, there's a reason that his, like, He's ended up in the finals for a lot of his career. And honestly, these picks, uh, these picks are valuable, but they're past Giannis's window. Anyway. Exactly. Yeah. So it's like it, that, I think that's a big win for the Bucks too. Like they, they yeah, trade. they're gonna suck in like seven years. Yeah, it didn't occur to me that oh yeah, it's twenty eight and thirty. Like you know, like I was thinking of it as it, like it was like twenty four and twenty six. No, it's twenty eight and thirty um, that they're trading away. Like that, that's way in the future. So. All right. Well, that's our uh, that's our and NBA I, segment. I did, hey, not too bad. How'd I do, guys? How'd I do? I mean, I, I feel like I facilitated the conversation, yeah, right? Yeah, you know, not bad. Yeah. So we'll get there. That was pretty good, Tor. Thanks, bud. <laughs> Thanks, bud. Coming um, from the real rich uh, NBA. I don't think. Yeah, I don't think he's gonna ever gonna have me on his show. Um, <laughs> you know, to talk NBA. But um, no, I'm really interested to see if the the East is about to change a lot because. I don't see teams like the 76ers, Cavaliers, Knicks, or Nets, even the Heat being able to compete with the Bucs anymore. Nah. Yeah, the Heat lost a lot, man. They lost a lot. I don't know. Ben Simmons says he's focused again. <laughs> Locked and loaded. <laughs> yeah. He, uh, did you see that he he photoshopped his uh, off-season pictures? Like, legitimately, like, he made his muscles bigger. <laughs> no. <laughs> he did, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome oh god i don't t- i don't call too many guys you know that are multimillionaires a loser but jesus dude um all right well that's enough nba for now that's all i can handle at the moment <laughs> so, <laughs> so so but let's uh but we'll still you know we'll, we'll go on to some drama though so ronald acuna last night it, um gets a uh, gets a stolen base in the 10th inning of a big game for the cubs so uh, the situation was, yes, we, he, sing, he drove in a run to tie the game in the 10th inning, bottom of the 10th, and then he steals second, and then, and then they give him the base because that's the 70th stolen base of the year, so he's MLB's first 40-70 guy. Not exactly the hallowed record that 62 home runs was for Mark McGuire or anything. but And um, we also just went through this because he was the first 40-60 guy too. Right, right. So basically what happens is the, 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 game, the game's at a – yeah, it was in Atlanta, obviously, but mm-hmm. it, but it's but it's Chicago announcers there, and they got pretty salty about it, and because there was a so they pulled the you know they pulled the base out of the ground the 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 newly oversized base, and then and then there was so apparently we, like we looked this up and it was a minute forty uh, highlight reel up there, <sighs> like. I can sort of understand being a little salty about it because of the high leverage situation. Um, you know, you, you, like you're making you're making the pitcher sit there on the mound and, and go through this in a game that the Cubs need. They got to have it. 
I think they, they fell back into a tie for the last wild card spot, w- losing this game, I think. So, you know, you can sort of understand it, but the, at the same time, like, it's in Atlanta. Like, baseball needs that excitement. You know what I mean? We need to, we need, and in, in any sport, we need to celebrate accomplishments. That's what it's all about, right? Uh, I mean, you're, you're young, basically the biggest star in the game other than Shohei right now, right? Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I feel like it's being a little stuffy. You know, if you're the Cubs announcers, especially with the bullshit that just happened with the the Orioles announcer, like if you're not a total homer about it, you know what I mean? Like, you know, maybe maybe you feel like if you're the the network's announcer, like you, you have to be, you know, pissy about it. But I just I don't know. I didn't I didn't think there was really enough to make a big deal out of it. We a minute 40 is not that long. But, you know, high leverage situation, I, I kind of I can see both sides of it, but we just need to. I don't know. I felt like it was an overreaction. It became too much of a story for what for what should have been a good thing. I guess if I could do it over, I don't care about the highlight reel, but I wish the Braves hadn't done it only because it took away from what the accomplishment was, which was obviously an incredible accomplishment. Jake, I refer to our uh, baseball expert here. <laughs> yeah, we need your we need your take on this, Jake. Now that I I saw the highlight reel in the the minute forty, I don't like the highlight reel at all. Um, I I don't mind the celebration, holding up the stolen base. That's, I mean, that's baseball. You celebrate every accomplishment. Somebody gets their first hit, you take the time to roll the ball in, acknowledge them. Somebody breaks a record, you acknowledge it. All of that's fine. I think the highlight reel is a little too much, but um, there doesn't need to be any complaining. Um, he still had an opportunity to throw the runner out. They knew he had 69 steals. It's going to be celebrated, and then he still had an opportunity to get out of the inning. So. There's no reason to be complaining or saying that ruined their chances or whatever. And that's, a, that's a good point. Like, like, don't just let the Cubs off the hook. Like, you got to be mentally tough enough to handle the situation too, right? Yeah, and I'm kind of on that on that take as well. My take is, don't be in the position where you need to battle late in the season for a wild card spot too. You know? <laughs> no, no, fair enough. Well, funny. You guys are the being the hard asses right now. But uh, no, um, I agree. Yeah. I, I agree with you guys. You know, for, I, I, like I said, I can see I can see both sides of it, um, and it's not like like he didn't break a record that night. You know what I mean? Like it was just like a it was an arbitrary mark. Like oh, like he hit he hit seventy stolen bases. Yeah, don't get me wrong, it's cool. Um, I don't know, just but you know, just like in the greater scheme of things, there's all these like unwritten rules and everything like that. You don't do this, you don't do that. Like baseball has a lot of them, right? Um, you know, pimping home runs and all those things, you know, I don't know. It's just like, let's, let's inject some fun into it. Right. You know? So I don't know. I, but that being said, um, I don't know, Jake, I mean, being a catcher, you, you know, uh, how do you feel about the, how do you feel about making the pitcher like sit there, you know, and sit and wait for a little while? I mean, being a catcher, he could have, he could have walked up and, you know, throw some worn up pitches, throwing the ball a little bit. Um, like I said, I mean, I don't know what they expected. He's about to do something that's never been done before. Baseball always acknowledges their accomplishments. It's history for the game. It's a celebration for everyone involved in the game. If they're overreacting to it, that's ridiculous. Um, you had an opportunity. It's not like he was on the mound, set, ready to deliver a pitch, and they stopped the game, do a highlight reel. He stole the base, time's out anyways. Yeah. Um, like I said, I don't like the highlight reel that much being a minute and 40 seconds, but it's less than two minutes, like, how many times are batters sitting there and somebody called the coach comes out, calls time and That's stops true. the game. And it's yeah, like, how many, right, that kills the momentum of an inning. 
that's true. That's that's literally why you call timeout sometimes is to stop the momentum of an inning, right? So, yeah, fair enough. All right, home team um, advantage. That and, and that's true. I mean, it was in Atlanta, so the, I mean, you know, give the fans what they want. And it, like, would you guys feel any differently about it if it had been the Tigers there and you know? You know, a team that's obviously not making the playoffs already out of playoff contention. Would it would it change it at all for you? I mean, I still don't have a problem with the celebration at all. No, I, I just, I, yeah, no, I, I don't think so. It wouldn't change anything for me. Yeah, Jake. I mean, do you feel like, like do you feel like it it changes it at all if it if it was a if the Braves were just beaten up on a sixty win team? Yeah, I probably wouldn't mind the highlight reel then. <laughs> all right, there you we go. Then. Fair enough. All right. Um. So something right just this is uh it's ruining uh so all three of us are Red Sox fans. And so uh really sad news today that broke and shouldn't have broke. Uh Tim Wakefield, uh pitcher for Jesus, how many years? Like twenty years. Um twenty something, yeah. Um yeah, it has been diagnosed with brain cancer. It's probably um a, you know, it's probably something that happened a little while ago. And then Kurt Schilling, man, it just the more the more he opens his mouth, the worse it gets, and the more it's getting to the point where I am legitimately questioning the the whole bloody sock thing. Where like for a little while I was like, "Shut up, dude!" Like now, like who would do that? Like it seems like Kurt Schilling would do that. Yeah, as seven year old Michael watching it, I would, like people would say that you know the year after, it'd be like, "Yeah, shut up, dude!" Like that, that was an awesome moment. Like, don't you take know? yeah, don't yeah, take like, this from me. Seven year old yeah. Michael does not know who Kurt Schilling is as a person and it you know it becomes more clear as the years go by i i could see it honestly being fake at this point so sorry i probably should have explained in a little bit more detail so yeah kurt Schilling on his podcast he revealed that that wakefield has brain cancer and then said oh, i don't know if he wants that out there <laughs> then why are you saying it like that's so i i realize we're we're calling more attention to it now but it's already out there and it like you know now that we now that we're all aware of it, it's just, I mean, Tim Wakefield, man, like, see, it seems like just an absolute stand-up guy, too. Not not only had, how many World Series titles did he, did he win three with them? Um, I think he won two. Oh, four and oh, seven. Yeah, I don't think he, he was part of 13. He might have been. But, um, you know, it was just, so obviously just really sad news, but just Kurt Schilling, man, like, how many... <laughs> He invested in a, a Rhode Island gaming company that that bottomed out. Was he is he a nine eleven truther? Is he? A, like, yeah, he said he wanted a, to lynch journalists. Said he wanted yeah. Um, it sounds like a stand up guy. It's just <laughs> it's just enough's enough, man. Uh, like he is, he he's just an attention whore. I, I think that's yeah. Um, so I I came across this from uh, Catherine Veritex Twitter. Actually, she she popped up on my on my feed and. It was like that is not your news to spread. Yeah, and I'm like, whoa. And then I was like, maybe they have beef, whatever. I was like, I, I hadn't confirmed the story yet. And then I then I see the Red Sox release a statement that says, unfortunately, this information has been shared publicly without their permission. Meaning, the Wakefields, uh, their health is a deeply personal matter. They intended to keep private as they navigate treatment and work to tackle the disease. Tim and Stacy are appreciative of the support and love that has always been extended to them and respectfully asked for privacy at this time. It's just like, you brought it up, Tori. It's like, was it a group chat where like, he was like, hey guys, like going through some shit here with like the 04, 07 team or any of his teammates. It's just like, how does Kurt Schilling think he has 
Like, how does he feel like he can just say that? I mean, how did like it? It basically feels like a move to stay relevant for him. Yeah, because he knew he'd get clicks out of this. I guess. And like that's disgusting. That is. That's exactly the word to describe it. It's just. Hang on. Yeah. Oh yeah, he won exactly two hundred games. Yeah. Awesome. Do you ever see him pitch live? I did. Uh, I believe I was eleven years old, and and actually, so I remember my dad said, "Like, watch, like, watch Wakefield's gonna make a game of this because I think the Red Sox were up five to two going into like the seventh <laughs> or the eighth or something." And it, and earlier in career, Wakefield was a little more hit and miss, right? Yeah, yeah. And my dad turned out to be right, and I remember I had uh, one or two friends there, and then I like it was like one of those moments where I was like, you know, the crowd started screaming Yankees. I mean, this is the height of Yankees hate, right? Um, yeah, Jeter. I don't think Rodriguez was on the Yankees yet, but um, Paul O'Neill probably, Bernie Williams, um, and and just so the crowd starts cheering Yankees suck, and I'm like, and I'm I'm 11, so I'm like looking at my dad, I, like I'm kind of I was like Yankees suck, Yankees <laughs> suck, Yankees suck, yeah yeah I can do it, okay let's do it. So, and I remember that game, Red Sox ended up pulling it out anyway. I had an incredible record, like. For a while, I think the Red Sox were like fourteen and one in games wow. I went to as a kid. Yeah, and That's then, good. Um, and then yeah, they lost a couple. Yeah, yeah, Jake, you remember that one when I first got out of the Marines and we I took you to the Blue Jays and they lost like nine to two or something. <laughs> yeah, I have a curse when they play the Blue Jays. I always end up going when they do and they get destroyed every time. Justin Smoke becomes like the best player in the world. Every time. <laughs> yeah, it was like right after I got out and I bought us like like. Pretty good seats, actually, right behind home plate. Best seats I've ever had, right behind home plate, and uh, but not a good game. And, yeah, I think Justin – no, no, it wasn't Justin Smoke. Who was it? I think it was the catcher hit two home runs. I can't remember who it was. Damn it. Now I'm going to have to look up that game. I don't remember the name, but every time I see them play the Blue Jays live, it is a, <laughs> is a home run derby for the Blue Jays. Jake, did you ever get to see uh, Wakefield pitch? I did not get to see him pitch live, but plenty of times on TV. Um, Red Sox were kind of the first pro sports team that I got to follow, and our dad would literally watch all 162 games when that team was together with Francona and Ortiz and Ramirez and all those guys. And um, I just think it's really weird, um, especially with how tight the brotherhood is. Like, that's all you hear about from that team, um, especially yeah. from, like, the four days in October documentary and things like that it's really weird that this even happened it's, it's like you said it's like he almost did it intentionally to get attention it's disgusting well let's stop giving him attention and we're going to get to francona in a second too but i gotta i just gotta ask you as a catcher have you ever caught somebody that had a nasty knuckleball yeah i not that they threw it every pitch but there were some kids that could throw a knuckle for sure and then the best i've ever caught hands down is uh Brady Johnson's father, Bill Johnson, he used to throw us knuckleballs for BP during Little League, and he definitely is the best knuckleball. Throw knuckleballs to Little Leaguers? <laughs> He's like, I'm not past my prime yet, buddy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> nice. nice. Uh, did you need uh, – did you ever – so when you caught one, did you were you like the Doug Mirabelli or, you know, were you Jason Veritek? Were you like, I'm not doing this? <laughs> Does he even get that reference? Oh, do he you might not. Do you remember Mirabelli, Jake? Um, Right now. Oh no, dude! No, right. I, I have some homework for you, dude. Dude, they the Boston Red Sox gave Doug Mirabelli backup catcher. They traded him away, and then nobody could catch Wakefield, so they had to bring him back. They legitimately gave him a police escort back to Fenway Park before a game. You have to look this up after this. I actually have to find. Hang on, Doug Mirabelli. It's an all-time moment. Put it in the notes so I can spell it. 
He literally <laughs> he literally changes in the back of like a like an Escalade, like a police like cruiser. <laughs> it's it's insane. Hang on, I'm finding Doug Mirabelli's find uh, right Doug Mirabelli's stats at the plate. Actually, he made a career out of legitimately catching Tim Wakefield. You know, you know, not that bad. I mean, maybe not that good by that by in that era, but 231 career batting average. Oh, oh, okay, that's better than I thought. Um, slugging 407, but granted, that was playing one out of every five days. <laughs> so, so that might be that might be part of it. Um, yeah, man, he had a 12 year career. I actually wanted to go back just to because you know Wakefield deserves the love and the attention. Um, yeah, you're right. He retired 2011, so he was he, so two time World Series champ, 200 game winner in 19 years. And he started as an infielder. Uh, yeah, he was a first baseman, first for the or second baseman for yeah. the Pirates. Yeah, that's yep. right. Couldn't hit. <laughs> actually, yeah, his first two years he was in the Pirates system. Yeah, he just and, couldn't uh, hit. That's that's why they they moved him trying to find oh here's the here's the batting stats played it yeah i think he was he must have already been a pitcher by the time he got to the majors and he was pitching he was for the, for yeah that. yeah because he, he was struggling in the minors that's what it was but man just like th- i mean the mystique of the knuckleball he pitched in, so yeah he was he played until he was 44 40s, 44 okay yeah yep. i knew um, it was 40s or he might have turned 45 that season i don't know but uh and like he could just he could start and then come out come out of the bullpen the next day and i mean it's just it's it's wild man um but yeah so also you know since we're since we're throwing back to 2004 right and just in and tito like it looks like it's uh look like he's at the end of his run in cleveland he's basically the most beloved manager of two organizations yeah he really is um and i mean and deservedly so man he was such a calming presence on that when i mean I don't think people understand the like the bedlam around the Red Sox at that time and how distracting it was, especially the year after Pedro Grady Little that whole situation. And man, he just came in and steadied the ship. And I, yeah, I, Jake Jake mentioned it, Band of Brothers, right? Like, yeah. uh, you know, obviously Kevin Millar and and those guys kind of the yeah. idiots. But yeah, like Tito was an idiot with them. That's yeah, the thing, exactly. Yeah, and if and, and if anybody thinks we're insulting him, then you know, go look up the idiots from two thousand four because it's not at all. It's seriously. I mean, they're for you know, I, I'm a little biased because I'm not a Patriots fan, but most beloved Boston team for, for me by far. Um, but yeah, Jake. Uh, you know, again, baseball perspective. Give give us the expert perspective on Francona and just you know, a little bit of a you know, recap as he's on his way out. I mean, just for me, like when I first fell in love with the game when I was a little kid, he was the first head skipper I ever saw. And with all my favorite players growing up, like Ortiz and Ramirez, and they all respected him. And you could see that he respected his players and not just respected him. He was a part of what they were doing. He was having fun. Um, Like you said, like kind of the idiot thing. It's not a, it's not a diss at all. Like he's that fun manager that probably every player would want to play for. And um, he's coming up just short of 2,000 wins. He's arguably one of the greatest coaches in the game um, that ever did it. And it's, it's going to be sad that he's not going to be a part of the, the highest level as a head coach anymore. All right. Well, um, Jake, what do, you, what do you got for the, uh, for the Eagles this week? We're playing the Commanders. I said it right That's this time. That's right. I knew um, that. I'm feeling really confident. Um, I don't think it'll be a blowout because it's a division game. They always play us well, and um, but I think we'll come out on top for sure. I mean, the Eagles, you know, Eagles are are 
clicking a little bit more on offense. I'm a little, you know, hurts with two turnovers, right? I didn't love that. Um, but, you know, I think the offense kind of – the Bucks are better than a lot of people are giving them credit for, I think. And so, like, I, I think that was a quality win. And, man, <laughs> um, Jalen Carter, think, man. I still feel like Sirianni's just not on the same page with Hurts or the offensive coordinator. Um, maybe we'll get there this week, but I, I feel like – we should be clicking a little more. Um, it was definitely better than the first two games, but I thought there were a couple decisions in the game that didn't really make sense. Um, and even the announcers were kind of saying it, like that play with the quarterback sneak, um, where they kind of showed their like alternate play. There's no point to really do that. Just like run a normal running play if you're going to do that, I guess, at the end of the game, why show that? But I'll tell you what, man, I'm going to be pissed if they ban the tush push. because, And it's not because of the Eagles. It's just because... It's, it, I mean, it's the same thing we were just talking about with Acuna, right? If, if you don't, if you don't like it, stop it, right? Exactly. And, and like, and they're 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 saying safety. How many times have you seen an injury on the on the tush push play? Like, it's it's not a high impact play. It's everything's in a tight space. I mean, I'm sure there's so, a lot of bruises <laughs> associated with and, it, but like you know, no long term injuries. Using it. And who, like, as an objective fan, doesn't like it? Like, yeah, if you're a Cowboys fan watching the Eagles do it to them, of course you don't like it, but like. Like, don't be a bitch about it. What's your problem? <laughs> I yeah. I just try, like, it's the essence. Like, to me, obviously, as a lineman, it's the essence of football. You know what I mean? So I, so I don't understand what people's problem with it is. I don't see the, I don't see the injury risk. It, I just, I don't get it. Like, yeah, there's things being twisted and pulled and all that stuff, but that's that's football. And it's, I don't know, the battle in the trenches is the essence of football. And so I like to take away a play like that doesn't make any sense. Um, I'm surprised you say that because um, isn't the defense more limited on plays like that? Can't they not push each other forward as much and they can't like launch each other into the pile? Um, I think you're talking more like on field goals. That's where it's, that's where it's an issue because that, because they have to protect the snapper, but no, I don't think there's any limitations on what the defensive players can do. And it's not, I mean, I'm an old lineman before anything, Jake. So honestly, I'm, I'm going to root for whatever helps out the old lineman, Unless it's Juwan Taylor being a fucking cheater, but um, <laughs> the 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 uh, being not being on the line thing definitely bothers me as far as O line. But I just want a good football, man. I I like the passing game. I like I like quarterbacks if they're football players. I just I just don't like protecting them from any possible injury. I don't like them being the CEOs in football. You know what I mean? Like and treated like. Again, yeah, like twenty five percent of the team's payroll, so they're twenty five percent of the team. Like I, I think we're finding out this year that's not really the case. There's a lot of teams that are having some success without top tier quarterback. I think, I think the whole book on like everybody, if you don't have a forty million dollar a year quarterback, you can't win. And and it's it's getting me back engaged with the NFL. You know what I mean? Because I, I was getting to a point where I was like, there's only one path to win. You know. I don't know. How did you guys get me? I, I, I took myself down this rabbit hole. I'll, I'll, <laughs> I'll take any chance to go down that rabbit hole. But yeah, Tim Wakefield? Yeah, let's talk about quarterback salaries. No, I asked Jake <laughs> about the Eagles. Come on. Um, but I don't know, man. I, just, I, think, I think it would be a mistake. Like I, I said it last week. Um, I think it would be a mistake to pay Brock Purdy $40 million a year. I, I think you can, you can find another game manager, and that's what he is. I, I don't think he's – an absolute stud. Is he a good quarterback? Would he be a better option than, uh, than at least 16 teams in the NFL right now? Yes. I think Kirk but, Cousins proves your point. Like, you know, like Brock Purdy 
Kirk Cousins. There's not a big difference there, in my opinion. And, dude, if you put Brock Purdy on the Vikings right now, he'd, like, I mean, you can't really say it. I think Brock Purdy needs a running game, but I don't know. It's just, yeah. So, anyway, all right, Jake, uh, is that is that it for you this show? That is it. I'm getting off. I got to get up for a 6 a.m. list, so I will be out of here. All right. Well, you go be good. and uh, Welcome on anytime, man. Uh, but yeah, thanks for being here, and uh, yeah, we'll yeah we'll we'll have you on again soon. I, I mean, come on, World Series, we gotta we gotta get Jake's reaction from the World Series. I think for sure. Let Tim know too. Thank you guys. Can't wait. All, All right, right, later, man. Later, buddy. All right, so let's move on to our NFL game of the week, and uh, I don't think there's really. I mean. We got Ravens at Browns too. That's it's actually a pretty big game. Yeah, um, division game. Well, actually, they're both division games. Uh, I think about it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it depends on who the Ravens are getting back in that one. But you know, the one with I mean, <laughs> plenty of buzz around the Dolphins right now, and uh, deservedly so. Like, yeah, deservedly so because that was a masterpiece. Um, but you know, again, Mike, what what do we say? It's never as good as it seems. Never it's as never bad. Never as bad as it seems. Never. Uh, all right. So. <laughs> You were supposed to say it with me. I know. I, I started to, and then I, then I didn't. We'll work <laughs> on it. I, I feel like it'll probably come up again. Yeah, we'll get there. This is our tenth show, by the way. We got to celebrate. Oh wow! We got to celebrate. Digits. Yeah, milestones. You know, pop a bottle or something. Actually. Well, it's my tenth show. But. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, I tried. The Uber was just really loud. What a, one of these days, like uh, like a year from now, I'm going to share the the, the footage of, oh, of Moss and trying to do it from Nashville. You're just, <laughs> you're just sitting on that footage. Yeah, I'm blackmailing. Gonna, uh, yeah. You. Do you, is, do you call it footage when it's... Uh, I mean, I, I'm sitting yeah. on that clip, right? Yeah, yeah. That audio clip. That's yeah. true. We will have footage of it. We're going video eventually. But anyway, so... You need a makeup person first. Uh, oh, yeah, definitely. And a, and a decorator, maybe? <laughs> Just kidding. Your, your apartment's lovely. Um, Let's put the Christmas tree back here. <laughs> definitely. We should. That should be like that should be our thing. All right. So, Dolphins are going to Buffalo, but it doesn't look like the weather... I mean, maybe it could get windy. Um, but other than that, it doesn't look like the weather's going to be a factor, which, um, you know, as you said, you said House of Horrors is what it's been for the for the Dolphins lately, right? right? Um, going to Buffalo, that is. But it's uh, forecast is clear skies, 73 degrees. Sounds like, you know, good conditions for the Dolphins. Almost who, sounds like Miami weather, huh? It was, uh, yeah. Like, oh, you know, minus the humidity, I guess, which probably... Uh, you know, maybe slowed the, slowed down the Broncos a little bit. No, I, I think what slowed down the Broncos is they were at Club Live all night. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, what was I going to say? I lost it. The yeah, but the Dolphins getting two and a half, three points on at, um, on you know most gambling outlets, which I was surprised by. I'm really surprised about that. I thought there would be a huge overreaction to, to the 70 point. I mean, I, again, I think a lot of people realized that it was kind of a perfect storm. What happened? Again, liar, it, yeah. was, it was a, uh, you know, it was an offensive masterpiece. I loved so many things I saw from the Dolphins, but there were, you know, a couple of fumbles by Sutton. You know, the, there was the kind of fluky pick by Wilson and, and just, you know, they stopped the Broncos on a fourth and or no, sorry, the Broncos stopped them on a fourth and one in their own territory. But then the Dolphins pushed them out of field goal range. There's just a lot of things that, you know, pushed them out of the game. Don't get me wrong. It was bad. But the Broncos are going to kick the Bears ass this week because they are way better. So, um, 
so yeah, that that whole uh, like that, that's like all over social media right now. Like this is the like, this is the worst game. But what if they don't? Are, like, what if what if they don't? If they don't, if it's like that whole like what if they lose to the Chicago Bears? If the, if, well, and if the Bears had that game, I thought they were going to have last week where they actually kind of pulled it together for one game. I don't like. I don't think the Bears are going to pull it together consistently. But are they going to have that one game where they're like, "Hey, we're professionals. We're going to go out." Yeah, and do but this, if that know? comes against Russell Wilson and Sean Payton's Broncos, that's a real problem. And the Broncos are zero and four. <laughs> that would be very ugly. Yeah, because it, I don't know, man. I mean, we they we were said, two and one last last year. At this point, the Broncos were. And think about how big of a shit show their their season was, and they were two. They were over five hundred at this point in the season yeah, last no, year. No, if the Broncos go to zero and four, it's like, yeah, do they heads will roll? I, I think. And it's, and it's like, but, but what, I mean, what heads? Cause you have a defensive, you have a $50 million Vance, quarterback with a yeah, shitload of, it's going to be the coordinators. Money. It's going to be Vance Joseph, or it's going to be whoever's calling the offensive plays. So anyway, that's all. So we are looking at this from every angle, but we're, again, we're talking Miami at Buffalo, right? So I think the key is going to be, can, you know, it's in Buffalo. Can Buffalo run the football, which they have done better? I was very critical of them in the past for, like, just hand the damn ball off and don't make Josh Allen do everything, right? So they've done a little bit better a job of that. Um, you know, James Cook, you know. Yeah, over 101 game, 98 another. Yeah. So. Um, so they're actually leaning on the running game a little bit, it looks like. And breaking and news, not breaking for you guys, but breaking for us, Detroit, king of the NFC North right now, 34 20 final over we over the pack yeah. um, in Lambeau. But anyway, sir, back to uh back to the AFC yeah, East. Don't, don't distract me again, Jesus. Um but yeah, I love the Lions. Um so I think I think the key is going to be it's obviously going to come down to turnovers. Tua, you know, Tua was a little uh loose with the ball in the first game against the Chargers and then you know, uh, Josh Allen threw three picks against the Jets week 1. And I, you know, so we were looking at the the team stats a little bit. The, like the Dolphins look bad uh, in terms of rush defense, but really a lot of that is uh, just that week one game against the Chargers, which they ended up winning anyway. Which we talked um, about they couldn't tackle because um, um, I mean they held Ramondre Stevenson in week two to fifty yards, the Patriots to eighty two on like twenty something carries. Which I don't, I don't know. I don't know what the the Patriots running game is right now because like I know Ramondre like hasn't hasn't looked good. Seems like a team that puts emphasis on it, but basically like we're still at a kind of limited um, sample size. Yeah. Sample size, but we're so this week we're going to find out a lot about both of these teams, and it's yeah. I mean, it's interesting that the Dolphins are getting points, you know, even if they are on the road. Um, yeah, I mean, I guess like obviously a big win for the Bills last week, thirty-seven three, in the three I feel like is a is significant considering uh the commanders you know weren't expected to be much i don't think this year but their offense like sam howell looked good in the first two weeks and uh you know they shut them down last week so uh you know people buying into the bills defense now uh like you said the run game as well i don't know where i i land on this game to be honest with you i i just am excited to watch it yeah i mean it's definitely the game of the week but it's being played it's being played at one o'clock um but Hey, you know, I'll be right on that couch right there. <laughs> Just uh, taking it all in, man. I, you know, I, I think I like the Dolphins. I just, I think that if it stays at three, I, I think I'm going to, I'm going to sprinkle the Dolphins. I don't, um, I don't trust McDermott to stick with the running game in a game that they're down. Like, I think, I think he'll, I think he'll happily run the ball and not put like, 
if they need a big play, they're always – or if they just need something sustained on offense, he's always going to lean on Josh Allen. To put, yeah, to you know, play devil's advocate here, I, I do think Miami could go into this and just be like, we just put up 70 points, you know. I think they could be uh, – their bellies might be a little full after what they did last week. I don't know. I don't. I don't want to say it's, that. But like, no, no. It's a wild. Card. I mean, I mean, again. I mean, how many times have I said Tyree Kill is a piece of shit? But he's, and he, like, on some level, he's a leader on that team, right? So, but he does continue to stay hungry because, like, I've it's been a running theme. You know, yeah, bring, first, bringing first up that two thousand yards that he does want two thousand yards. He yeah. seems like he really does. You know what sucks, man? Is like right now, it actually kind of seems like he's a good teammate. Like, but again, that's really easy to say when you're three and zero. Like, what's Tyreek Hill gonna do? You know, when they lose a couple of games. Well, yeah, you know? we've never been able to see that because he was on the Chiefs. Because he was on the Chiefs, <laughs> was on the Chiefs <laughs> before. Yeah, um, I don't know. I mean, the Dolphins had some some tough times last year, and you know, but whatever. He's a piece of shit off the field, is what we're talking about. Which actually kind of brings me to my next point, because uh, so you know, speaking of this whole thing of. Uh, you know, rooting for players to get hurt or, or it being bad or wrong or whatever. Like, so this kind of came up this week um, on the Ultimate Cleveland Sports Show. This is obviously prior to the Steelers game. Uh, Adam the Bull Gerstenhaber um, said he wants wants Steelers to have to leave the field. And then he and then he did clarify. He, you know, he's he's you know he's like, uh, you guys are all making your cringe faces over there. It's like I'm not saying I want like any permanent injuries or anything like that. And like, quite frankly, I mean, I've said this before. Like, I, I coached kids that way. I said, yeah, you play to hurt people. Like, not not injure. There's a difference, right? So, as a fan, I feel like, like, what's the big deal? Like, why, is everyone, why does everyone have their backup about this? Don't get me wrong. Again, you don't play to knock somebody out of the game. It's not, and I think as a fan, I don't think it's right to root for injuries in most cases. We were just talking about Tyreek Hill, though, also. So I, first of all, this guy, this guy's a sports fan, you know, like, I don't know, man. He's just saying, I want to see a physical game. And then, yeah, he took it a little too far. I yeah. So how it was explained to me is I thought it was like Bounty Gate, you know, not 2.0 because he's not in position to call the shots or anything like that. But I, I thought that was his mentality. Like, you know, I want, you know, the Browns to go out there and this, this is the quote right? and, and like, you know, can he pick it out for the year Yeah, type of thing? See, uh, I know some. Yeah, he said. I know some people are going to cringe when I say this. I don't give a you know what. I need I need Steelers players to leave the game and need help to get off the field. Make all the cringe faces you want. I don't want anyone permanently disabled or hurt permanently. Kick their behind. I don't have a problem with Maybe, that. Right? Like I don't know, man. Maybe a little too far. But Maybe. again, but again, this isn't this isn't somebody that has an influence on the team. And then it's just it, I feel like it's come like the injury stuff has come up a lot this week. So then like. Like me saying something, you know, kind of tongue in cheek, kind of not about like, like, no, fuck Tyreek Hill. I hope he gets injured. I hope he blows an ACL. Like, like he should be in jail. So he should be in jail. So like, what's worse? <laughs> like, like you, you could, so it's okay to say a guy should be in jail, but it's not okay to say like, I, I hope, I hope he blows an ACL. Like it's like, it's not a, yeah, it's, I guess it's life changing, but it's not, I mean, I just, I just don't understand people getting their backs up about it so much. It's like, like. Yeah, I guess like I do believe karma is a thing, so I, I'm not gonna go out and like root for somebody to tear their ACL. But no, if it, it, if it were to happen to anybody, like Tyree Kill is a perfect person for it to happen to. Like yeah. Tyree Kill, the person. Yeah, if Antonio and, Brown was still in the league, right now, don't get me wrong, 
what would I rather see as a fan? Or let's say like let's say it's the Cowboys and I don't I don't even really hate anybody on the Cowboys, but if I did, right? Well, I, I know a cowboy I used to hate. It's Greg Hardy, so there you go. Right? So would I rather see him get hurt and not be able to play the game, or would I rather see them just whoop his ass on the field? Of course I'd rather see him whoop his ass on the field. I don't want to see Greg Hardy. Well, I, 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 uh, I actually, oh, no, I don't want to see him in the NFL again either. No, I do but. I do like seeing him in, in the UFC and just getting the shit rocked out of him. That It's therapeutic <laughs> yeah. to me. No, exactly. So, I don't know, man. I, I just, yeah, of course, as a fan, you should root for them to just kick the player's ass, right? Like, you, you want your team to beat the other team at their best. You know, the, Ric Flair, you, to, to be the best, you got to beat the best, right? Yeah, and so, just so, let's clarify a minute here. Just so, like, when we're talking about Tyree Kill, we're talking about somebody who allegedly punched his pregnant girlfriend. I don't think it's alleged, right? I, I'm not sure. So, I, I just want to throw allegedly out there. <laughs> not allegedly. So, he punched and choked his uh, yeah. his pregnant girlfriend. He so. pleaded guilty to this. Um, you know, just in my opinion, never like, I mean, I don't think you can say too much about like, didn't show a lot of remorse, but I don't know, man. Like, it's fine. Like, I don't understand how you saw other guys' careers get ended rightfully so, but the, the stuff Tyree Kill did, I, I don't know, man. Like, 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 yeah, we, it's not good to really compare, but no, and we shouldn't, we should stay away from comparisons, but it's just. He's a bad dude. He's not. He's not a good dude. So don't don't get like don't, don't forget about it because he's like out there because he is the best receiver in football right now. Don't forget yeah, about like the person. It, that's it all doesn't. I'm, that's it all. It doesn't saying. do. Yeah, it doesn't. It, it it's not right. Greg Hardy. He he threw his his girlfriend on a gun on, on a uh, gun couch. Uh, yeah, exactly. It, like, and I, I mean, whatever. And I'm like, I like guns, whatever. But like, this was, it's just, he was clearly intimidating her using like his, you know, his stature. Know. Yeah. Yeah. Just not great. It's so, not a good person. Anyway, like let's, let's not get too into the weeds on it. We're not lawyers or anything like that, but I just, I, I just think we need to chill out on the, on the pearl clutching and the fake outrage because I don't like. Do I really think you're that mad about it? Like, I thought this was stupid too. By the way, I like Ryan Clark, and I don't hate Stephen A. as much as I used to. And and they go after Bart Scott because all he said, like, this was a big one. This one went viral. Trayvon Digg, Trayvon Diggs injury, and then Bart Scott was just kind of shaking his head, and he goes, just like Stephen A. always says, something's gonna go wrong. And for the Cowboys, and yeah. Then, and they yeah. immediately admonished him for him, like, no, 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 man, come on, like, don't do that. And I think and I like, think your point. Uh, when we brought this up, you know, is correct. The fact that Ryan Clark immediately said that, I think, holds holds some weight considering the brotherhood of the NFL and, you know. Well, Ryan Clark, like, just apologized a few weeks ago for, you know, for calling out Tua, right? So, like. Yeah, but that wasn't like, about oh, no, health. Well, you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. no. What there, there, what I think there's a difference. There. What I'm saying is it was a, it was a brotherhood of the NFL thing. And, and look, there's no other job like it. Like, what I mean, what, like, if it was you and I, again, we're talking about injuries, like. I don't know. Was it like if I, if I broke my hand and couldn't type for for a month? <laughs> like like there's no there's no comparison there, right? right. So, um, and no, I don't I don't wish any you know finger injuries on you or head injuries. I guess you know if you had a head injury, we might have a problem. But, <laughs> um, but the point is, is, like I'm just tired of the I'm tired of the cancel culture thing, and because people are calling for Bart Scott's job for that. As if he was making a joke about Trayvon Diggs. He didn't. He was making a joke about the Cowboys, like something always goes wrong. It's like, oh, sorry that there was like a moment of levity. Again, it's not like Trayvon Diggs fucking died. Right. <laughs> like, yeah, I mean, it sucks. I, I, I get the other side because like it could affect his, 
you know, he he signed like a $95 million deal. I think $42 million was guaranteed. But we, we've learned... He still got that money. Yeah, <laughs> like, no, no, 42 Or he's going to. Yeah, and but we've learned that players can come back from ACLs with modern medicine. It's not... It's not like he and that's, is never going to play again. Right. And that's all I'm saying, man, is like this isn't the end of his career. It sucks. I, I, I feel think for it, him. It would be different if it was, right? I feel I, for him. Would you Would you agree like, with that? If it was a career-ending injury and and uh, he, yes, he's but I also it. But I also don't think Bart Scott would have said it. No, I, I agree. But if he did, that's all I'm and saying. And I can't, I can't speak for him, but right, I, I, I right. think – I think the tone around it would have been a little different. A season-ending injury is part of football, and it happens. It happens literally every week to several teams. Do you know? Uh, it's part of NFL life. You get what I'm saying? No, I do. Do you know uh, my favorite quote from from Bart Scott? No, can't wait. <laughs> when uh, they beat the Patriots in the in the AFC divisional round or something. And uh, he was on the field after, and they were asking about, ah, how do you feel about going to the AFC championship? Can't wait. I can't believe you've never seen that. you got to look it up after this. I, I just have a terrible memory, dude. It's... I'm also a Patriots fan, so. Yeah, that's fair. Um, so, anyway, I, like, so I, I, just, I also just don't, like, really like calling for people's jobs, you know what I mean? Especially, you know, in our field, I guess. Maybe I'm a little more defensive of somebody in our field, but I'm just, yeah, I'm tired of cancel culture, like, like I've made jokes like like you know fire Skip Bayless because he is awful. I mean he's just the worst. He knows what he's knows, knows no no, no he knows what, I, what he's well, doing. Well that's what I mean. He's yeah, the yeah, he's yeah. the he's the Tucker Carlson of sports. Like yeah. he's just a complete tool and says things for for shock value to get clicks and to get and I don't know. I guess I don't I don't really respect that approach. But I'm not gonna. But again, you, you also kind of have to respect the hustle. And if people are dumb enough to fall for it, it's it's kind of like Kim Kardashian. And let go with me on this, right? It's not Kim Kardashian's fault she's famous. It's right. all the, it's all the dumb people that watch her. You know what I mean? And so, and I will not apologize for calling you dumb if you watch that show. So, like, or if you if you like watch invested, if you watch to like make fun of it, okay, fair enough. But but if you're like invested in the Kardashians, I'm sorry, you're stupid. So, um, yeah, like they're basically like maybe we just lost a follower to this podcast. Yeah, you know, that's, I'd like to take this opportunity to apologize to absolutely, absolutely fucking no, no one. <laughs> but, that was yeah. a good line. So yeah, great man, line. Sports have some good quotes, huh? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, yeah, man, where did Conor McGregor go? Because he did have some good quotes. Um, but my point being, yeah. So like, even I can't stand Skip Bayless, but I would never say fire him. You know, unless he's just said something like openly racist or something, you know, like I think he, he did make a dumb comment about race this week saying is, is Colorado is are Dion's, you know, is Dion's Colorado uh, black America's team. Like, what does that even mean? Like what? what so I like I Colorado's not supposed to be my team, too, because like I like Colorado. So. Yeah, I'm a Colorado fan. Why does it have to be black America's team? Can it just be America's team? So, yeah, why are you trying to box him in? Uh, well, box him in and, and divide. Right. Right. Like 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 Dion is such a polarizing issue and i don't get why it needs to be that way why can't everybody just like, this is fucking cool <laughs> yeah so anyway so i i uh i do want to talk about that like we're going to talk about colorado every week right sure are so um after last week you know there's not what what else is there to be said except now there we, we're going to pay attention to the battle in the trenches right um usc the consensus doesn't have the line play that oregon does so and hopefully, 
like I said, they're going to work on the quick game a little bit more. They're going to work. They're going to scheme up something because obviously they can't just like run right at these teams, right? These Pac-12 teams, but they're oh, going to have to. Not. They're going to have to scheme up some sort of run game, screen game, quick game. You're not going to be able to to chuck it deep, and he's not going to be able to sit in the pocket as much. But they're going to have to get Shador on the run a little bit more, which is you know might expose him a little bit, but also do things to protect him, like the running game. You know yeah, I mean? and I I would be shocked if that we go to record our next episode and Shador Sanders has 159 yards or less against USC. This defense is just not what the defense at Oregon is. I mean, And it's just, in Colorado, and that's no small thing either. No, that, that certainly helps, but, um, you know, USC just gave up 28 points to Arizona State, who just lost. I mean, they lost Oklahoma State, sure. Uh, but let me remind you that Arizona State was on their third-string quarterback. And, like, they gave USC a game. Now, do I expect, you know, Colorado to win? No, I do not. But do I expect Shador Sanders to throw for over 200 yards? <laughs> I certainly do. Um, but, yeah, you talk about line play. I mean, Colorado's obviously had a tough time defending the run. And uh, USC's got a guy in uh, – let me see. What's his name here? Uh, Marshawn Lloyd, who uh, he's averaging 8.9 yards per carry on 39 touches throughout uh, through this year. He's the USC's leading rusher. Uh, if he's averaging nine yards a carry against, you know, the competition he's faced, tough sledding for Colorado, I think. Yeah, definitely. Because, I mean, obviously, if they stack up against the run, it's going to be a long day. So, yeah, because, like, I mean, yeah, let's not forget, Caleb Williams is their quarterback. It's I think either way, yeah. I think I think USC is putting up at least 40, right? It's a question of yeah, can, can Colorado Colorado has to all? put 35 up to be in the game yeah absolutely I, I think that's the case too um what was what was i gonna say oh yeah like i'm a little bit interested um to see if the buzz is still around colorado after it that is because they i i didn't i didn't click on it but uh it's another celebrity showing in boulder colorado just a who's who of uh entertainers and so, actresses so and hopefully the student section is uh because i mean I, I would just hate to see that to see actually <laughs> just like seats. a <laughs> You know, like it's like you frauds, they lo you lose one game. Right. You know what I mean? So I I would hate to see that in Colorado. Yeah. Um, Definition of fair weather fans if that place isn't sold out. Yeah, exactly. Because this is still a huge game, and plus, like, yeah, like, just I mean, just come to see USC. I mean, it's like it's it's one of the, uh, yeah. So I mean, you know, Boulder better be rocking. That's that's all I have to say. But yeah, but th let's just let's just be clear. We are not off the Colorado bandwagon. No, not at all. I might have gotten on a little late. But I'm not I'm not hopping off early. That's for sure. Because I I mean I do think by next year again Dion Dion's going to be the most prominent guy in the transfer por transfer portal next yeah, year. Yeah, just think about yeah exactly. That's a great so, point. Think about who is out there and is going to want to play for Dion now right. that they've actually seen it. Well, and now that they yeah they've seen it and now and everybody knows there's a need on the on the offensive and defensive line. So it's not. It's not like the old days where you couldn't build it overnight, right? Like where you had to wait for those guys to become seniors. Like, no, he's going to be able to pull in juniors and seniors right. this, this next this next coming year. So, um, but anyway, so that's our that's our Colorado minute or two. But really, college football game of the week, though, you know, because people do get Colorado fatigue, um, understandably. That's the shortest we ever talked about Colorado. Go us. Yeah, right. Um, but Notre Dame at Duke. Uh, this is a big one. I think. I really think it's time for Hartman to step up. Like he had a chance to seal the game, and he, you know, he's highly touted. You know what I mean? 
And now this is, you know, this is a big game on the road. Like Duke is a legit program now, and Riley Leonard's a legit quarterback in this. I don't know. I th- I do think Notre Dame's going to be too physical. A good running game on the road is going to help. But I just you sound like Lee Corso or not Lee Corso. Uh, like like Lou Holtz. <laughs> <laughs> Lee Corso also got yelled at by a different college coach. I can't think of the off the top of my head right now. But uh, uh, I think it was like a Washington State coach. I'm, I'm sure they're wrong. both. I'm sure they're both used to it at this point, and, <laughs> and probably don't mind in their pool of money. So they're probably okay. Um, but yeah. Uh, Oh, oh, the uh, okay. So yeah, so Duke, you know, like week one, big gaming is Clemson, but Clemson hasn't. Yeah, yeah, that's that's kind of where I'm at. Like they looked like world beaters, right after after the first week beating uh, Clemson. I think it was twenty eight seven. It was it was by three touchdowns. They, they beat them pretty bad. Yeah. Um, and we've kind of found out that Clemson has taken a step back, right? Uh, so that uh, well, he took away. I mean, you can do this. You can play this game forever, right? And it's it's really just no. I, I know, I know. You can't you can't go I mean, one it, to one. But it's right. just like who but they they, t- they took Florida State to overtime. They though, did. So they did. No, no. no I mean, yeah, they're, they look like they're on the up and up, but uh, not not who we thought Clemson would be, right? Like sure. Clemson perennial power. Uh, yeah. But anyway, I mean, they did. So going back to Duke, they just haven't played anybody in the last three weeks. I mean, they played Lafayette, Northwestern, who. You know, we don't need to remind how that program's going right now. Right. And then and then UConn, who is just like the laughing stock of college football. Like, why are they in FBS? So um, who they've actually played a little bit better. Uh, Duke beat them like 41 to 7 last week. So, I mean, Duke's taking care of these teams. It's not like they're necessarily close games. But I think there is something to be said to playing three cupcakes in a row and then having to go and face a Notre Dame. Yeah, and a Notre Dame team that, you know, is pissed off at pissed off, probably going to button everything up. Um, and again, like, yes, Notre Dame's coming in on the road, you know, they're coming into Duke, but uh, like the best cure for something like that's a good running game. Take the crowd out of the game. Yep. Um, and again, that, that Notre Dame offensive line is great. Like, you know, I say it's time for Hartman to step up, but again, I, I always say this, don't ask your, don't ask more from your quarterback than what he can give you too. And they have a stable of running backs. So just lean on them. I know? need, I need a Duke fan, a Duke football fan to uh, email us or, or let us know on socials. Is there a name for you, for you guys? Like you guys are Cameron, Cameron crazies indoors, you know, in basketball season. Mm. Do you have a name? Probably not. What's the name of their stadium? <laughs> what's, what's, Hang on, keep talking. I'll, I'll look up Duke's football. Yeah, I just don't think that uh, you know Duke isn't a notorious, you know, prestigious football program. That's not necessarily why you go to Duke. You go to Duke for probably academics one, and then basketball two, right? They could be the Wallace Wade Wackos, I guess. Or, Whoa, yeah. that sounds yeah, it's wild. Wild, yeah, it's wild. Yeah, www. Yeah, www. Blue Devils. You know? Yeah, so are they are they the internet or something? Uh, you know? Yeah, <laughs> I, I don't know. They invented yeah, they invented the internet. Um, so. All right, so Notre Dame, I think, is going to take care of business. Yeah, but I, just, I, but I, you know, I, I do want. They need to. Well, let, let, let's say this: they need to take care of business. Oh, yeah, if they yeah. want a shot at the playoffs, they need to win this game handily, and then they need to beat USC in a couple of weeks because they're not playing anybody else other than that. And I just, like I said, I just, I just want to see something from Hartman in a real game. You know what I mean? Like, like this could be the game that propels them. Yeah, you know, clo- like you said, close game against Ohio State. And then, you know, beat a nice, beat a rival on the road. And then, you know, I think there's just been a lot of hype around him. And, and you know, you know, like in the, the Navy game. Welcome to like, college football, man. There's yeah. always hype. About no, 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 no. I, I get it. I'm just saying, like, you know, like, let's see him actually 
does he let's see him actually win a game for you like he had he had the big stat line against navy he didn't have to do anything like <laughs> they were so stacked up against the run and uh, i mean and obviously navy just completely overmatched so like yeah like let's let's uh you know let I want to see if he's one of those quarterbacks that can win you a game, not just not lose you a game. You know yeah, what I, mean? I think uh, that I, this might not be that week. It could be. I think that that could be the USC week because, again, I'm not high on USC's defense. So it could be this week, but I think talent discrepancy-wise, it won't be. I, I think that'll come in a couple of weeks with USC. All right. Well, uh, geez, where are we at before we, we're getting to Only holiday. 109. holidays in history at 109. So we're like, yeah, a uh, little bit of shorter of a show today. Not, but you know, I'm sure we'll, I'm sure we'll go long again after this weekend, but, um, all right. So as, as you guys know, by now we celebrate, you know, every, every day, in, every day is an important day in history, you know, for multiple reasons. And every day is a holiday, even, uh, even ones that you've never heard of, and so mostly ones so you've never heard. Mostly of. never ones that you've never heard of, and some that don't even make any sense because we have, as we'll get into in a second. But shout out to National today for giving us all this. You know, yeah, I'm gonna tag them. We love you. That. Yeah, if they have socials, I would imagine they do. Um, but yeah, the first one, uh, National Silent Movie Day, is uh, September 29th. So that would be what day are we on? We're on Thursday. That'd be Friday. So Friday is si- National Silent so, Movie Day. So big movie guy over here, uh, Tori Rich. Uh, you watch silent movies? Is that something you're into? <laughs> is that an old? Is that an old man joke? No, is that's that just a movie here? joke. Uh, it's, it, no, because because that I wouldn't have anything to quote from. I mean, that's basically you <laughs> that's know why I mean? you watch movies. You uh, well, just quote factories. Well, yeah, I mean, that's what my wife would tell you. <laughs> like, like you know, fifty percent of my vocabulary is quoting a movie. So so yeah, so silent movies don't really work. You know. Um, I you know my answer. No, I don't. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Didn't even don't, need to ask because you don't watch any movies. You don't even watch sports movies. It's terrible. <laughs> like getting blank stares about major league and varsity blues over here. Yeah, I've heard of them. <laughs> killing me, dude. Wait, you, you're killing me, Smalls. You, okay, do you get that one at least? I just know the the reference. I, I hate you. <laughs> I did, like I don't even know why I'm friends with you. Okay, um, September thirtieth. So. Uh, so September 30th, 1947, was the first World Series broadcast on TV, and the Brooklyn Dodgers beat the Yankees in a humdinger. <laughs> so, I, I, we need to bring back like 1920s, 1930s broadcast, like baseball announcers. I think when we go video, you and I should like wear like bowler hats and have cigars and like. I do have like a like my grandfather's uh, like uh, watch that you like. Perfect. Like that chain, yeah. You know, we'll do, we'll do it. We'll do it. Maybe like this time next year, we'll do that, and we'll just, <laughs> we'll act like we're we're calling the game. Yeah, cigar in mouth, not smoking it though. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, I wouldn't do that. No, like I've smoked two cigars in my entire life. I even went to a, a what was it? A cig- I think I've smoked two cigars in my entire life. Yeah. No, one was when I graduated from a school in the Marines. Classic. And then, classic. And then one was uh, leaving Afghanistan. So nice. yeah. Because you could get Cubans there, <laughs> which like which like I've heard which you Cuba- can now, right? Because trade's open, right? Yeah, you're With right. Cuba. Yeah, but, but yeah, it was a how thing. Long for that? Yeah, only a few years. Maybe at that time, I think you still couldn't. Yeah, no, I definitely couldn't. And if you you're in them. Afghanistan, no, you couldn't. And you, and you couldn't get them through customs. And uh, man, customs, yeah. So it sucked, man. So like one of the biggest things at the bazaar in Afghanistan was uh, bootleg DVDs. And you just get that's like, why you're a movie guy. Uh, <laughs> well, oh, yeah, because bored is bored as hell over it's there. It's all tied together. Now. Yeah, yeah. You, you watch movies on duty and stuff. That's what you do. Um, 
So, uh, yeah, but then you go to go through customs, and for some reason, they allow you to bring back one bootleg DVD. But if you had, like, <laughs> which one did you pick? Um, I th- I think I brought back Generation Kill because I think like they counted the series as one DVD or so. <laughs> like I can't remember. Maybe. You hacked the system. Uh, yeah, exactly. I, get, I got around the system. Generation Kill, great series, by the way. Um, one of the best, honestly. Um, right up there with Band of Brothers, very good. But um. But yeah, so they were just like going in customs though. They were just going through finding these DVDs and just snapping them right in front of guys and stuff. Like customs guys are so mean because that's their job every day. Right, like they're like, just so desensitized to it. Yeah, they were basically. They, they was kind of like TSA for us. Like, basically. Guys, like, guys, come you know on. What we just did. <laughs> Let me bring this movie back. Yeah, like, Jesus. Uh, so yeah. Uh, wow. How did we end up? Yeah. Okay. Cigars. Yeah. That was a hell of a rabbit hole. It was. All right. Also, September 30th, 1927, Murderer's Row. Babe, Babe Ruth hit his 60th homer. And, um, and in 1889, 1930, uh, excuse me, September 30th, 1889, Wyoming was the first state to allow women to vote, which is just kind of mind-blowing when you think about it. Um, I don't know. When you think about any of the, the, the voting rights for, you know, for anybody, like getting, getting, getting serious on you for a second here. Like none of that shit was that long ago. I know. And I always tie like, uh, history and, and years to like family members. Right. So like my grandparents, parents like couldn't vote, you know, like my great grandparents, like my great grandmother could not vote. Yeah. It's crazy. (laughs) That's crazy. No. And I mean, like, I mean, my, my stepfather, you know, like I, I might've said this on the air before, but like, like, he lived in Tennessee as a kid, and, and he's a black guy, and he remembers riding, like, as a five-year-old, basically, remembers riding at the back of the bus in Tennessee. Which is insane, because I feel... Um, and, like, how is he such a nice fucking guy, <laughs> like, you know, after going through shit like that, you know? And this is a whole different rabbit hole. We don't have to go down too much. But, like, when I was learning about that, you know, segregation and stuff, it was all in black and white. And I just, like, associated it with being so long ago as a kid and then like i've seen colored like colored photographs of of that sense and it's just like why didn't they show us that in the beginning dude it's so weird that you bring that up because like uh i've recently seen you ever see like the world war ii in color yes i love that and it, it, it makes such a big difference because like black it's like you said you see something in black and white and you it's, just it's disassociate like, it's not real yeah, yeah it's like it, it's not even real to you and then like you're watching world war, like the pacific theater world war ii right. and you would think you were watching vietnam footage or something yeah it, it's and crazy it's, what it makes that it will do. so much more real yeah it's it's very um but yeah i definitely recommend just watch the world war ii in color uh, I, I, th- I think it was Great on pbs series. or something Great but it's series. really good yeah um oh and not for nothing it's international podcast day um i, I think i think the uh the qualifier on it we're not saying international podcasts we're saying it's it's International Podcast Day, like because we're, we're we're not an international podcast, but we're gonna we're gonna celebrate with the world. We're gonna celebrate podcasts. Yeah, here we are. Um, listen to us. Don't listen to Kurt Schilling's, please. Is that, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I will. Yeah, what's a what's a non endorsement? Like, how do we? I just please don't listen to that. <laughs> after all, yeah, after all that that whole speech about cancel culture, right? Listen, like basically, I'm saying there's a marketplace of ideas, right? Well, Kurt Schilling has put his ideas out out into the marketplace, and the idea is those ideas should probably be discarded. So yeah, so I'm not saying he can't make a podcast. No, he he has every right to. I just hope that you don't listen to it. But but I don't recommend it. Yeah. (laughs) So, all right. Um, So celebrating podcasts. I mean, basically, you know, we're at the stage now where we have to tell everybody about it. You know what I mean? And so I just feel like I'm like 
the guys like five years ago that were telling everyone about crypto or <laughs> you know what I mean or it's like it's almost like probably like people in the 80s like, like yeah I have a band we, I think we're gonna make it big someday like that's us right now yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> that being said we are gonna make it so all right uh, moving on October 1st uh, 1961 uh, so 61 and 61 Roger Maris broke Babe Ruth's record so a lot of these you know a, a lot of baseball obviously um, you know as we get into October I'm sure we'll run into a little bit more of that for the rest of the month. And then, so Mawson, explain this to me. So so September 1st is International Coffee Day. The, th- the 29th was National Coffee Day, correct? Correct. So, you know, we're just putting it on a bigger spotlight here. And then I guess, I guess we're just like, you know, everything's about balance, I guess. Because it's also uh, National Caffeine Addiction Recovery Month. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. That's a tough one. That's a tough, tough one to explain. Uh, National today, please, please care to comment. <laughs> I know. Yeah, we should just have like, what, like, who finds this stuff? You know what I mean? Because like some of those, some of the holidays, it's like because you know the federal government passed a resolution right. or something like that. Some of them are just like, you know, the, it, it was just like uh, a grassroots movement, and there's no like official. But National Today's got it, and then you look it up, and it's like on several other websites, so it's legit, you know. But yeah, coffee. You're a big, you're a coffee guy, right? Oh, dude, I can't live without coffee. During COVID, I tried to go cold turkey, and I usually say, if you keep up a habit for three weeks, right? That's when you can break it. That's that like you know, good habit or bad habit. Like if you get through those first three weeks, like working out, for example, I tell everybody, like go go to the gym for three weeks. I guarantee you'll like it because you stop being so sore and. You'll start, you'll start seeing changes. You'll start feeling stronger. I'm telling you, man, coffee, not the case. Because on day, I was headaches? just... Uh, yeah, no, not headaches. Just I was just as pissy on day 21 as I was on day one. Oh, really? So, yeah, like it did not improve. I mean, not even pissy, like depressed. And so, yeah, coffee's and a booster for sure. And I hate that, man, because I don't really mess around with drugs or anything like that. But caffeine is a drug, and I am dependent on it, and I don't like it. You know, so... Yeah, I'm starting to get dependent on it. Um, the funny thing I, is I, I start to need it in my mornings now because I'm starting to feel hazy if I don't have a coffee in the morning. Yeah, no, you, that's what I'm saying. You uh, you need you need your fix to get back to normal. It's fucked up, and I'm on a five hour energy right now because like I just didn't have a choice like to do this show because <laughs> it is almost midnight again for those of you listening. Um, a sellout sports tradition. Yeah, this is that, that's just how we do it. You know, <laughs> someday we'll be able to do this from eight to twelve on Sirius XM, but you know, call us guys. Not this day. Yeah. Um, October is Adopt a Shelter Dog Month, and I'm probably just gonna, you know, I'll post a picture of my adorable dog. Um, Your dog is adorable. Um, yeah, I wish she liked she, me. Yeah, she hates you, and um, uh, that's putting her probably in a bad light. She likes everyone else. Yeah, I don't, I don't know what's going on, man. And yeah. that's putting me in a bad light. Uh, All other dogs like me. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's what I like. Like my initial reaction was like, like, oh my god, is Moss and a serial killer? Because it's like, it's like that Bill Murray, you know, you know. Listen. I don't. I don't. I don't trust people that don't like dogs. But Listen, I, I got <laughs> references. I can pull up like five people right now. They'll be like, "My animals hate everybody, but they love you, Michael." <laughs> okay, you know I might need those references, but yeah, I, I don't know because she because she likes everybody else. She's not really scared of much. She's scared of the ceiling fan now. But like, I thought we were past. The I, stage. D- I do kind of look like a ceiling fan now that you mention it. <laughs> I don't. I don't even know what like what context you would use that insult in, but yeah. <laughs> Like it's like are you like a wind or a wind sock windmill I don't know whatever, um, but yeah so go out there and adopt a shelter dog because uh, I don't know there's so, there's so many freaking dogs that need homes out there, 
Um, what else? Oh, and it's in Boston. It's it's Hog Out Month. Not like it's that a, though. It's, it's <laughs> not like that. <laughs> this is just a good one that we found. So, um, you know, by all means, you know, Hog Out in that context as well. I mean, you know, like I'm not gonna judge. Like, I I don't judge other people's lifestyles. Okay. But that being said, that's not what hog out's about. Yeah, no, the Texas Department of Agriculture created it to, quote, emphasize the various problems that hogs cause in the state. So I I, I think they, they hunt them, right? Like from a helicopter? Or at least that's how they find it. Like, are, are they shooting from the helicopter? That seems dangerous. I think they are, but I think it's... It might they be must a, be professionals. It might be a bow and arrow. Like, I'm not sure if it's a... if it's A, a bow and arrow from an... A, what are they fucking Rambo? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I, I've seen a video of it. I, I could have sworn it was a bow and arrow. It could be a rifle. It probably is a rifle. It's definitely a rifle. Freaking game wardens out in Texas are messing <laughs> yeah, that, around. Yeah, I think you found your new dream job. <laughs> <laughs> no, honestly, I don't. I don't hunt. I have nothing against hunting, but I don't like. I don't have the patience. Or shooting's fun, but I like. I don't like. I don't want to kill anything. Yeah. I hear you. I don't know. Like, I'm 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 not like a, a vegetarian or anything. I'm I'm totally cool with hunting, but I'm not going hunting this year. My my sister's boyfriend keeps trying to get me to. He's like, Yeah, I need you know, I, I need a guy that can help me carry a deer out and everything. like I'm not anytime your guy. I gotta put Sorry. piss on myself, I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> I have enough I, I'm dealing with again, back to adopting a dog. I have enough piss at home, so I'm all set. <laughs> uh well, uh where are we at? One twenty one. All right. Everybody, that's our show as always. Thank you for being here. Uh, thank you for listening. I, hopefully, I, I think we're getting better, you know. <laughs> and we're only gonna we're gonna add features, you know. At some point, I'm gonna get to, uh, you know, we're gonna have a theme song, maybe a different theme song every week to promote. Give me my theme music. Give me my theme music. So we're gonna get there. Um, and the website is, you know, like I I keep thinking about it. Eventually, it's just going to be that one of those things. I mean, we procra- we procrastinated this for a while. Yeah, I think this was like we'll a midnight decision that we were just like, we're doing this now. Yeah, it's happening. So now, eventually, you know, I'll just I'll just stay up till four in the morning and set up the WordPress website, and then we know what to do from there. So yeah, uh, <laughs> but again, uh, thank you to Cat TV as always uh, for giving us this podcast equipment. Uh, thank you to our listeners. Thank you to Jake for being on the show, um, even though he's got a six a.m. lift. I didn't know that part until he said it when he was leaving. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, um, just, uh, keep listening guys. Uh, you know, give us the follows on socials and everything like that. I always forget that most people don't know as much about how social media works as I do. And trust me, I'm not like proud of how much I know about (laughs) how social media works, but yeah, give us the likes, give us the shares, help us spread the reach. And, uh, yeah, this was someday Mawson and I can fulfill our dream of doing this for a living. Yeah. We will, uh, be in your guys ear again on Tuesday. Thank you. All right. Have a good night all. It's only going to get better.